Life Audio. Coming up on Encouragement for You, I'm Don Hawkins. I'll be occupying a different role on this episode as Elizabeth Andrade hosts our podcast. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way, they are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up, it's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Each week on the Encouragement for You podcast, we listen to interviews typically conducted by our host, Don Hawkins. I'm Elizabeth Andrade, and this week we'll turn the tables on Don as I interview him about the meaning of Easter and his recent two-week ministry trip to India. Well, today's interview sounds a little different, and that's because my friend and mentor, Don Hawkins, a live radio host for over 40 years and host of this podcast, Encouragement for You, is taking a turn as the interviewee. My name is Elizabeth Andrade, and I am the producer of Encouragement for You, and I'd like to welcome Don. Thank you for being here as the interviewee. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm delighted to be with you today. Well, 40 years is a long time to do anything, so you must love it if you can do something for 40 years. I do, actually. In fact, it reminds me of a quote I heard from uh, Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A. If you really enjoy doing your work, you'll never have to work a day in your life. (laughs) And I sort of feel that way about radio. Uh, Encouragement Live Radio is a lot of fun. And prior to that, I've done several different live call-in programs. And, of course, uh, the podcast that you and I work on together, Encouragement for You, is a source of great joy to me. Yes, this has been a fun project for sure. Um, I'd like to ask you specifically, what has been your favorite thing about live radio? I would say just uh, being able to respond to the callers. 
because you never know what people are going to ask you. And sometimes the questions come way out of left field. But the bottom line is to be able to concisely give people encouragement. And I feel like my primary gift is encouragement. And radio is that kind of a medium. It brings you alongside people to help them. And the life calling programs I've done have given me that opportunity and to be able to pray with people and to give them hope when they maybe feel hopeless. I also recognize that I have to let people know I don't have all the answers. And sometimes mm-hmm. I tell people, you know, I really can't answer that <laughs> question. And that's part of live radio. Oh, that's great. I, I love it. Um, well, speaking of encouragement for a Christian, the most encouraging day of the year is coming up this Sunday. Yes. That's Easter. Sure is. Yeah. Uh, I, what is Easter? Oh, Easter is just an incredible. Unfortunately, in our society, most people say Easter is rabbits and eggs and hunts and and uh, fancy clothes. But in reality, you and I both know, because we have trusted Christ as our Savior, that this is the day we celebrate that Jesus Christ arose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And the one difference between all the religions of the world, and I was just in India where there are incredible numbers of religions, and uh, all of the founders of those religions are dead somewhere. Jesus Christ is alive today in heaven because he rose again from the dead. And eyewitnesses saw him alive after his death. And so uh, to me, uh, the hope of the gospel that you have, that I have, that all of us have, really comes down to the fact that we're trusting in and serving a risen living Savior. Amen. He is risen indeed. Yes. Uh, Now, I want to hear about India. Um, I I believe the primary purpose of your trip was evangelism and was the Great Commission. But I'd like to hear about It was definitely the Great Commission because everywhere I went, they had me teaching discipleship. And that's really what the Great Commission is, is uh, going to all the world and and, uh, preach the gospel and make disciples. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. And then he said, go to all the nations and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them to observe everything I've commanded you, and I'll be with you always till the end of the world. And in that, there are four alls. I won't talk about where they are, but people want to go back and look at their text of Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20. You'll find four alls in there. And I had the privilege of preaching that while I was in India, and I had the privilege of preaching uh, material based based on my book, Master Discipleship Today, which you're familiar with. Yes, it's a great book, by the way, a great read. Thank you. Appreciate that. And um, the opportunity to do that. I also had the privilege of uh, teaching uh, leadership uh, from the book of Nehemiah. And as you know, Saji Lucas and I wrote a book. I was going to say, there's also, you've also written a book on Nehemiah. Yeah. And uh, Saji, of course, is the founder of Mission India. Okay. And the story behind that book, Elizabeth, is that... Oh, what I was, was the name of the book, the Nehemiah yes, book? Yes, it is Leadership Under Fire. That's a good question. Yes. I should have gotten that it's in okay. there. It's <laughs> okay. And uh, Leadership Under Fire, The Power of Collaboration is the subtitle. And Saji came up with the title. I came up with the subtitle. And we both worked together on the book. Uh, but I was there in 2019 to speak for the Pastors Conference. There was that about, the first time you had been to India? Or? No, I actually was my... My fourth time. Okay. So I've been five times now to India. Wow. I love it. I love the people of India. Love the opportunity. Even love the food. Yes, I love Indian food too, but I've never been to India before. Oh, well, we'll talk to you and Mario about that. Yeah, (laughs) go with us next time. And uh, they would love to have you. They will treat you like royalty. They put garlands on your neck when they pick you up at the airport. And and the Christians just, they love to have guests from the United States. And and, then really, uh, they feed you royalty. 
daily. And in fact, I was telling somebody I thought I may have gained 10 pounds <laughs> at the food in, in Trivandrum in southern India when wow. I was the last week I was there. Uh, but back to the book. Yes. 2019, I was there for the pastor's conference preaching on Nehemiah. And Saji Lucas at lunch one day said, Don, you and I need to write a book on leadership wow. and we need to write a commentary on Nehemiah. My answer was, Saji, you and I don't have time. We're both too busy. Of course, the rest of the story is we had the book written within a year. I guess you found the time. <laughs> we did. And it, uh, it's the old story of something is a priority. You get it done. Mm -hmm. And so... I've used that book in teaching leadership. Saji has used it. And our translator, Sarita Samuel, is working on a translation in Hindi. So we'll have that book in English, which a lot of their schools, they really want the students to learn English. But for many of them, Hindi is their heart language, their personal language. And so we're having it translated into Hindi as well. Oh, that's great. That's so exciting. I'm, yes. I'm sure it'll bless many people. Oh, I um, think so. Yeah. So you mentioned Mission India. The Is this a ministry or? Uh... Yes, that is the name of the ministry in India. They're yes. called Reaching Indians Ministries International here, mm -hmm. or RIMI, R-I-M-I. -I. Okay. And the web address is RIMI.org if people want to look and uh, maybe see some pictures, for example, and that kind of thing. I may put some of the pictures on encouragementlive.org at some point. Oh, yes. But uh, for right now, they could see some things about Mission India. Uh, they have an incredible ministry. They have over 1,600 missionaries in all the countries, not only India, but the countries around there, Sri Lanka, for example, and Tibet and uh, uh, Nepal. And uh, it's amazing, really. Uh, they've started 1,200 house churches, new house churches this year, baptized almost 3,000 people. Over 15,000 people attended the pastor's conferences. And that's where you were. I was at one of those. Okay. We had a little over 1,000 people there. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. And they've given out 8,500 Bibles. Uh, they purchased land for three churches. And they have eight churches built and six under construction. So they do that. They also have mercy homes. Mm -hmm. And when Kathy and I first went to India, uh, in fact, she's been three times with me and she's ministered to the children in the mercy homes and to the people that work with them and has really enjoyed that. And some of those mercy home graduates have actually become some of the key people working with Mission India. Oh, wow. What, uh, what is a mercy home? I've never heard yeah, of that it's, before. It's like an orphanage. Okay. And uh, But they don't limit it to Orphans. They will actually take children in and they train those children, teach them Christian values. They nurture them. In many instances, maybe they've got only one parent or missing parents or whatever. And, and so it's just a great part of their ministry. Wow, that sounds like a, a very wonderful ministry. Yes. Now let's go back to the interview with Don Hawkins, our Encouragement for You podcast host, as he tells additional details about his recent ministry trip to India. I know India is one of the biggest, uh, the most populous countries in the world. Yes. Uh, do you happen to know 
um, what the population is and how much percentage of that population is Christian. Yes, I think it's about 1.4 billion people, which is pretty big. And uh, what I last heard on this trip is 2% Christian. And that may include Catholics, that may include Protestants, that may include anybody that identifies as a Christian. I would say evangelical Christians is probably a smaller percentage than that. Now, it's interesting where we were in southern India is where they think St. Thomas came uh, to preach the gospel. You remember Doubting Thomas, one of the 12. And uh, so uh, the last time Kathy and I were there, which was 10 years ago, uh, we were there and uh, they had a big celebration on the beach on the Arabian Sea there. And uh, the Catholic people all around were celebrating the landing of St. Thomas in India. So that was a that was a pretty fascinating thing. Uh, of course, the Hindu religion is the biggest religion there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that excites me about going to India is helping to train and equip people who are evangelists that can share with Hindus and Muslims and Sikhs and uh, Jains and whatever the religions are five or six major religions that you find in India, and of course, many subculture religions as well. Hmm. With that training, um, what would be some of the ideas or, or tips that you would teach a person to minister to these such religions? Yeah, first of all, build a relationship, love them, set an example of Christ's likeness for them, then share the gospel with a crystal clear message. And I believe that's very important. I like to use 1 Corinthians 15 uh, because the elements that Paul used there, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. You can go back to Psalm 22 or Isaiah 53. Uh, he was buried. And I used to wonder why Paul included that. I thought that was obvious. And that proves it his death because there were people that claimed he really didn't die, Mm -hmm. that he just passed out and they put him in a cave and he woke up and people thought he rose from the dead. And uh, that uh, book that was written, the Passover plot, expounding that is really just uh, baloney. It's not true. Uh, But the reality is the burial proved his death. But then he rose again from the dead, according to the scriptures, the third day, and he was seen by eyewitnesses. And Paul mentions, you know, Peter, he mentions himself, he mentions over 500 brethren at once. And so just to clarify for them, and I I like to train people uh, here and in India with using four letters about the gospel. And I think for those of you listening to our podcast, this would be good for you to think about. First is the letter S, which stands for sins. And uh, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. And then the second letter is P, penalty. The penalty for sin is death, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin. And then the third P is paid, sin's penalty paid. And Romans 5.8 says that God proved his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the fourth letter is T, so trust. John 3.16, God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So when people place their trust, you as an individual, place your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ who died for you and paid for your sins and rose again from the dead, you can have eternal life. And Elizabeth, that's what I was enjoying sharing with uh, many of my students, both at the seminary level and the college level, and equipping them so that they could share the gospel all over India and beyond. I'm so glad that you had an opportunity to do that. It it sounds like it was a very productive trip. 
I know that you also had a very long plane ride there and yes, back. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, you get to India in about 24 hours of plane and transfer time, and fortunately was able to get a direct flight on uh, one airlines into Doha in Qatar and uh, change planes there. They have a beautiful airport there. So then fly directly into Nagpur in central India, which is where the seminary is located. I arrived at 3 o'clock in the morning and, quite frankly, was uh, harassed by the immigration people. Oh, no. They asked me, and, of course, at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're kind of uh, a little loopy anyway. <laughs> uh, but uh, they said, okay, you say you're uh, meeting some people. You uh, have given this hotel as your potential meeting place, and these are your friends. Do you have somebody's cell phone that you, number that you can give us? Well, you and I both know people don't memorize somebody's cell. Maybe put those in your memory bank. (laughs) Not since the 90s, probably. (laughs) Here's the providential thing that happened. I'd been going through my uh, contacts praying for my friends in India, and I happened to notice that my translator, Sarita Samuel, who's very gifted, uh, she and her husband, Sam, are good friends, and they've just adopted Smaran, my adopted grandson. Well, I had her... Uh, cell phone number. And so I said to the immigration, there were two supervisors and the immigration person. I said, I just happened to have uh, my good friend Sarita Samuel's cell phone number here, and uh, I'll be glad to give it to you with one condition. And that is that they have a new baby, she and her husband, and they're my good friends. And if you call and wake them up at three o'clock in the morning, they won't be my good (laughs) friends anymore. So uh, they said, okay, we'll let you go. And they did. And the interesting thing is, you know who the first person was outside? Oh, was it Sarita? Was, uh, no, it was no, Sam. Sam. Uh, Sarita was home with the baby. <laughs> she was sleeping. But, yeah, Sam was the first. There were several guys that were there, but Sam was the first guy. He was standing there waiting on me, and I, he enjoyed the story as well. Um, he's a great guy. And then trying to leave Trivandrum in southern India to come back, um, I had this guy who was apparently uh, the head person for the airlines that I was flying on who looked at my... Uh, Indian visa and said, this visa has expired. You'll have to go see immigration. You can't get on this plane. And he took my passport. He, in fact, he already had my passport while he was looking at oh, my, my visa. And he refused to give it back to oh, me. My. You know, I, I was pretty insistent. I can't go to immigration unless I have the passport. No, you can't have the. So I finally decided, okay, I'm put this in God's hands. I'm going to go order a cup of coffee across the concourse. And I did. And about the time the gal handed me my coffee, I turned around and here comes the guy uh, with somebody who looks like his supervisor and my passport out. And he says, here's your passport. Go ahead. So apparently somebody had properly interpreted uh, the uh, Indian visa, which had not expired. They they were mistaken. Didn't read the fine print. Well, that happens sometimes. Oh, but. yes. So I, I sometimes do that, too. But, Just some uh, good examples but, of but, God's yeah, provision. Yeah. But, you know, I had a documented a series of like a dozen miracles that happened during this time. Wow. Things that God worked out in terms of the travel and the transition and health and those kinds of things. Being able to speak uh, for four or four and a half hours a day sometimes, uh, you know, and and that can be rough on your voice. Oh, I'm 
I'm sure. But as you mentioned to me when we first came in for this session, my voice is in pretty good shape, thankfully, considering all the talking I did during that uh, two weeks in India. Yeah, it sounds great. Your voice, I did make that comment when I walked in. I'm very thankful. Attribute that to the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Um, So on your your, uh, trip, did you have the chance to share the gospel with anyone who may have not been a believer? I did have, uh, in fact, it was interesting. I did not, was not able to get an aisle seat. And I'm that many hours on a plane, I like to have an aisle seat so I can get up, walk around. You avoid blood clots that way. Yes. You've traveled internationally. You know how that is. Yes. So um, was not able to till I got to the airport. And a lady gave me a seat like in row 45, which is in the very back of the plane. And uh, the seat next to me was empty. It was the only empty seat on the entire plane, 350-something people on that aircraft. And the guy in the aisle, the window seat was from Kathmandu, uh, Nepal, and he was a Hindu. And so he and I had a conversation. I was able to share with him about Jesus and and the good news about who Jesus is and what he's done for us all. And and, uh, so I did have the opportunity to talk with him. And I had a couple of other opportunities. In fact, my first time in India, I actually had a Hindu college student prayed to receive Christ as Savior in a juice bar in downtown Nagpur. We'd gone there after I'd spoken at commencement. And uh, she just walked up and said, what are you doing here? And I said, is it that obvious? She said, yeah, you look a lot different from the rest of us, which is true. You know, Indian people are not as light complected as I am. And uh, so I sat down and talked with her. Her grandmother was there and she spoke English very well. And Malvika, as we talked, eventually uh, prayed and asked Jesus to be her Savior. So I've had some neat opportunities like that. And uh, you don't always see a person pray to receive Christ, but you sow the seed and water the seed, and God gives the increase. And Easter is certainly a great time, Elizabeth, for us to encourage others to share Jesus Christ and the good news and your faith in Him uh, with those people, family, friends, relatives, some of whom you may not see any other time. Well, what a great time to share the good news with them. Amen. As, as we come to an end of this episode, I'd like to ask you one more question. Easter is a great time uh, to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us mm-hmm. and a great time to remember, as you, as you, as you just stated, um, that we have an obligation and a responsibility to share the gospel. It's also something that can be scary. So yes. I'd like to ask you, as, um, as someone who teaches other people how to evangelize and how to yes. share the gospel, what advice would you give somebody who may be afraid to share their faith with somebody? I think, Elizabeth, you've just put your finger on one of the number one problems we have as Christians is that we are fearful, we are intimidated about sharing our faith. And uh, I thought at first when I found out I was sitting next to this Hindu man from Kathmandu, I thought, you know, do I really want to share the gospel with him? What's he going to think? And I thought, no, Jesus died for him. Uh, God wants me to be the person to at least sow the seed and introduce the gospel to him. And uh, I did offer to send him a copy of my book, Never Give Up. And 
Also um, another great read. <laughs> yes, right. And, uh, you know, just uh, again, to know that the Spirit of God empowers us. And uh, that's part of why Jesus in the Great Commission said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, because he not only gave us something that we're obligated to do, he gave us the power and the strength, the Holy Spirit living within uh, to encourage us uh, to share the gospel. And I would say, if you're listening to our podcast right now, the name of the podcast is Encouragement for You. And Elizabeth and I have some encouragement for you right now. And that is, even if you're afraid, just ask God to encourage you and step out on faith and say, let me tell you about my relationship with Jesus Christ and how I came to trust in him. And Elizabeth, it's amazing how just sharing that testimony can make a difference. And I know you've been on mission trips and ministry opportunities and all, and and you've found that same thing to be true. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I would say is uh, it's good to develop Develop a way of sharing the gospel. One of the reasons I use those four letters, sins, penalty, has been paid, so trust, is it helps me remember and clearly and concisely share the gospel. But the most important thing is to share it and then trust God to bring the results. Even if you think you did a horrible job, it may be just what God will use Absolutely. to help that person. And I've seen times when horrible presentations of the gospel led to people trusting Christ as Savior. Absolutely. Amen. So it's our responsibility to be faithful. It is that indeed. Well, happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, Elizabeth. And thank you for the great work you're doing with encouragement for you. Oh, well, thank you for helping me out. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers, production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of Million Praying Moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's Word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's Word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.